Welcome to the Voice Memo Podcast. That's Jennifer. She also goes by JV Red for a very bright, very bold hair. I've known her for about 20 years. She's from Wisconsin, but she's full California now. <laughs> this is my friend Byron Jack, as what some of us close to get to call him. I've known Myron for 20 years. He is foremost an amazing dad to his daughter, Leah, which I've been honored to watch that relationship develop. He's an amazing writer, crazy funny, one of the most intelligent people I know. But I always question his recommendations and TV shows. <laughs> as well, as well you should. Okay, so the Voice Memo podcast is about short takes on many topics, just like when you do a quick voice memo on your iPhone or maybe on Android, who knows? Your memo is short and to, and to the point. And if you're like Jen and I, you have multiple conversations going on at once. And look, if you want to go deep into a topic, then this is not the show for you. We go shallow. <laughs> Let's go. Great introduction. Hello, hello. Yeah, how's it going? Fantastic. Uh, voice memo. I have one for you. So, girlfriend of mine celebrated her birthday last uh, March 18th, right around that. I think it's March 18th. And uh, her husband was working up the excitement of an amazing gift that he had planned for her. So they were gonna take the two kids to San Francisco and the surprise was, you know, there was twofold to the surprise. One, he gave the answer to and said, we're gonna go see the Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter play in San Francisco, which I guess is exciting if you're into that stuff. And when you have kids, you have to navigate a little bit of some of the kids stuff that you do when you take your wife into the city. So on the drive, to the city, he was having a conversation about when he wanted to tell her about the surprise for her, the additional surprise outside of Harry Potter. And he said, it's definitely a life-changing thing, which got her thinking of so many things like, did he buy us a, another house? Did he, you know, did he buy us a vacation home? I mean, they're not rich people, but this was just all going through her head. And so they get to the city and they're, they're walking around Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I can't, I can't hold it back any longer. And she's like, all right. He goes, your surprise is, your birthday gift is, I got a vasectomy. <laughs> so her response was, thanks. <laughs> that was his gift to her. Correct. Uh, you know what? This should be like a uh, voice from this should be like a basic man class, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like a driver's license. You have to. You got to be. You got to go take a uh, like a, a sixty day course. Learn how to be a decent human male. Like you got to graduate from that because a lot of these guys out here, like that guy. Oh God. What an, what an absolute idiot. <laughs> Voice memo, think about, that's, that's almost similar. I don't know if it's almost or if it is. The same as buying your significant other, your wife, 
a vacuum cleaner, right? Like this is for, this is a nice gift for you to clean our house. I'm getting a vasectomy for you so that you don't have to be on birth control any longer. <laughs> she was, she was in shock and wasn't sure. And on top of that, he had a procedure. It was already done. So he had the procedure two days prior to. So he had a procedure that he didn't tell his wife about. And if something would have happened, how would that would have went over with two kids? You know what? Voice memo. He might he might be having a baby on the way from out there. And now he has a reason to say, it can't be me. This woman's burned. See? <laughs> or somebody goes knocking at his door. Oh my God. <laughs> They're celebrating their 10 year anniversary this year. And we were just laughing because she wasn't sure how she should process it. She's, she, you know, it, she wasn't expecting out of everything under the sun for a life changing event. She was not ex expecting that his, that her gift would be a vasectomy to him. So. Voice memo. Maybe, maybe the key to this whole thing is maybe the, the key lesson that we can learn is maybe marriages should, just have a 10 year expiration date. <laughs> We've done it. We have done all the good and the bad we could do with and to each other. Now let's just move on. I'm voice memo, I'm tapping out. <laughs> it's like you have a big, a big, just like you have a big wedding to start things, you have a big ending wedding to end things. You know, with <laughs> separation and everybody's happy, you have this big expectation, you just watch it in. So you end on a good term. So you end on a good note. You end on a high note. So, <laughs> voice memo. What are you watching these days? Ooh, voice memo. I just finished season three of Bridgerton, and let me tell you—no spoilers in this, I promise. Let me tell you that it was better than season one. I loved just every element, every layer of it. I loved everything from the gossip columnist to the queen to the brother finding love to it was just full of uh just a feel-good show and you know what i finished that shit in one and a half days that is awful that's nice you know what yeah elian and i uh, for the new listeners elian is my partner uh we started watching season two and i think we're at about episode three or four and uh, I, I agree with you i love it so no spoilers but I want to say that the the costumes, the wardrobe, and of course the queen. Every single scene the queen is in, she is uh, as the as the culture says, serving looks. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. But yeah, to your point, all the characters and all the little different stories and plots that are happening, it is is very enjoyable. Shondaland, the Shondaland stuff is really good. You know, voice memo, Shondaland, I am still and will always be a devoted Grey's Anatomy fan. So I have been a little disappointed over the past season because they're focusing so much on the characters and their relationships and how they're growing individually, where I'm missing all of the medical stuff. Like, show me people getting sick and car crashes and saving their lives. I want to see some of that drama. So hopefully after this last week's episode with the boa constrictor that was part of the episode that we'll start seeing a shift in that because I will never give up on Grey's Anatomy. Okay, well, voicemail, I've never seen a single episode, so I'm just going to move on from that. However, uh, to draw a link back to Bridgerton, Bridgerton, 
Um, I also just watched The Gilded Age on HBO Max. And it's another period type piece, but it's set in New York, probably like the 1870s or 80s. And there's like just some very, very, very rich, wealthy people. And you just follow the lives, very similar to Bridgerton. You follow the lives of these different families and how they intersect and interact. And it's all around, it's all just around wealth. And it's not all white people. Uh, and it is really, really good. The, and, and just like Bridgerton, the wardrobe and the dialogue and conversations are just fantastic. Voice memo. So this is the Gilded Age or Gilded what is it? It's called the Gilded Age on HBO Max. And Christine Baranski is like the, the matriarch of this family. And I think uh, the couple of the main young women, one is, one is Mel Streep's daughter, I think. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a lot of great. There's probably 40 people in this cast. And it's just, it's fantastic. Voice memo. I did watch something that I think the whole world wasn't watching, but then decided to tune in for the drama was the 2022 Oscars. Hell. I sort of want to clap, but I don't want it to sound like a slap. <laughs> <laughs> Voice memo, sir. I was watching it because you had mentioned you had sent me a message and said, you sent me a picture of Courtney Kardashian and um, Blink. I, I forget who she who she dating. I don't think that's. Oh yeah, name. that that really skinny, weird looking guy. Yeah, uh, darn it, it'll come to me. But you made you triggered to remind me to watch it, so I turned it on, and lo and behold, uh, I, I'm probably a half hour into it, and it says up next, Chris Rock is presenting, and I'm watching it, and he makes some uh, joke as a comedian to a couple of people in the audience, but not one as, a, as offensive as he did to Jada Pickett Smith. And then my TV went a little silent. Chris Rock looked stunned. And then the whole keep my wives out of your MM motherfucking mouth um, got me to Twitter super fast. Yeah. Uh, at first people thought it was staged. What did you think about it? Well, like you, I was, I was watching it live, and um, I was probably like the rest of the viewing audience at first stunned and wondered after after Will Smith walked on stage and slapped him. And then at first I was wondering, like, what just happened? Like, was that stage? Was that just an act? But then when he was back in his seat, uh, even though the sound was good, we could clearly read his lips saying, keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth. And he said that twice. And then uh, Chris Rock, the camera switched back to Chris Rock and he said very submissively, okay, man, okay. And then I knew, oh, that that was real. And look, I was shocked. And like you, I was on, I, I checked Twitter immediately and it went berserk. And there were so many hot takes on the whole deal. Like was, was Will Smith wrong? Was, was, uh, Chris Rock wrong to single her out. And what about Jada? Because Jada has a medical condition known as alopecia. For those who may not have watched because you weren't on this planet or haven't heard about it, Jada Pinkett Smith shaves her head. She has a beautiful bald head. Like it's beautiful. Well, she's beautiful and her bald head is beautiful. And Chris Rock made fun of it. And Will Smith and many other disabled um, and differently abled people also 
I felt that sting and that feeling that that should have been off limits. But then there was the other crowd saying comedians should be able to do what they do. And it just went berserk. So Twitter was like on fire. I got some stuff out there as well. I got a viral tweet going. And a matter of fact, there's a quick plug. I'm going to write about it on my blog that comes out tomorrow, dearding.com. So check it out. Anyway, but yeah, that was bonkers, Jen. Voice memo, sir. I, yeah, you know, you know me, although I, I have a strong opinion on a lot of things and I do sometimes feel violent. I do know that violence is not the answer. Uh, I, I was, I, I was taken aback at Will Smith's it seemed and appeared as a built-up anger, which I know they've had some bad blood between them, a built-up anger for quite some time. And it came to fruition with a slap of the face because, I mean, he didn't make a punch. He slapped him. Um, I just, for a moment, it took away, you know what it did? It took away, and it's going to make me mad at this moment because I cannot think of the documentary, uh, something so... uh, the documentary that won follow what what Chris what is it the summer of soul yes and it took away I think I was so taken back that it took away from that win and that celebration of an of an amazing documentary and it changed the vibe of the room I just I, and I was also concerned that no one came out on stage to escort Will away or sort of go to commercial. It was it was a a mixed bag of emotions. And at first I was super, super angry at Will. Then on the flip side, I thought, here he is defending his wife. But did he have to do it with violence? Yeah, uh, you know, I I, just a a little tip on my uh, a pre a pre look at my at my uh, blog that comes out, which is I'm going to play out the, the tweet I did. You know, I said for for people who abhor violence, and I'm in that crowd, I'm firmly in that crowd, Will Smith could have screamed and yelled. He could even have walked on the stage and screamed and yelled, and he could have walked out, but he did not have to hit him. And so people that think like me, we are right. And then I also wrote, though, people that say uh, Chris Rock crossed the line and Will Smith um, took appropriate cultural action in that moment. Well, you know what? Because there are a lot of nuances to that whole scenario because they all know each other and they've known each other for a long time. Um, I say that those people are right as well. And I write that the people who say that comedians have, and comedians do not, and cannot, should not be held accountable for anything they say. They can say anything and you can be offended, but that's too bad. And they should never be held to account for that. I write that. If you think like that, then you are white because black people don't ascribe to that. Like there was a line you do not cross. It doesn't matter if you are a comedian, a teacher, a preacher, or an uncle or aunt or grandparent. There's a line you don't cross. And Chris Rock crossed that line. Uh, And again, very clearly, I am against violence. But to use Chris Rock's own words when he has talked about other things, and particularly murder, he has talked about murder and assault, and he's made jokes about it, and he is with this line. I don't agree with it, but I understand. So I'm going to throw his words right back at him. So, yes. Anyway, yeah. So voice memo, that was a mess. Yeah, voice memo. I think you said something, too, that stood out to me is the privilege of the white privilege that Chris Rock is around. Yes, Chris Rock. Yes, that's right. His friends are Jerry Seinfeld, Louis C.K., the Louis C.K., you know, the the, uh, allegedly the sexual abuser. And wait a minute, let's back up. Let's not forget Jerry Seinfeld um, dating that teenager. For a long time 
Yeah. Uh, so he hangs around a very privileged crowd, and he, there's some viral videos of him letting them letting those white men know they can say the n-word all they want so you know maybe chris rock forgot forgot a little bit of something and one thing he forgot was will smith is from west is from philly (laughs) (laughs) you got one little fight and mom got scared (laughs) he got as a philadelphian say he got jawned or something like that that's a weird weird word they use for everything voice memo i asked my 11 year old nephew i said hey what did you think about that oscar thing and he actually sang that line from Fresh Prince and said, I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. <laughs> that was his response. So, okay, interesting. That's very good. Yes. So, uh, voice memo. So, what's the latest about Ukraine? So, you know, I've been following this Ukraine. You know, it's not really a war, it's really an invasion by Russia. And one thing I was wondering tell me what you think about this. You know how. Uh, after the first week or so, the U.S. decided to um, uh, lock down all the money of the Russian billionaires or oligarchs, we call them, take their yachts and all that kind of stuff. What's happening with all that stuff? Voice memo, I was going to ask you the same thing. Like, I don't see anything anywhere that is indicating that any of that's been done. Like, right? Like, what? I, I don't know. Like, this, the the invasion is going very poorly um, for Russia, as we're hearing it. It's going very poorly for Russia. They're ill-equipped. They're not. Their their equipment is not ready for all that snow and mud and bad weather. And Ukraine is just fighting them off. And they locked down all that all that all those oligarchs' money. They got them out of the financial sectors. They stopped all the these parts and things from going to Russia. And I just wonder, like, where are those oligarchs? Are they just are they just sitting in Motel 6s now because they can't stay at the Ritz? Like, what are they doing? Voice memo. Sir, did you see, speaking of the Russian and Ukraine war, that you heard a lot of propaganda about Russia being sort of the Fox News, in my opinion, of just giving false information, not giving all the facts, saying that things are well. And there was a, a Russian broadcaster who got on live feed with a sign about stating that they're lying to you. The war is really happening. It's killing people. Like she, They don't know in Russia doing something to that nature could have gotten this woman killed. I don't know where she ended up going or what happened to her, but she that's the braveness that comes out of, uh, unfortunately, what's happening you know, with Russia and Ukraine. Yes, you know, voice memo, I was thinking about, I think you and I were talking earlier about uh... Uh, another component to this Ukraine war is um, the dreamers in America. Like, well, how is that linked? Well, um, like when when the, the former guy, because I don't like to even mention his name, TFG, the former guy was president. It was all about dreamers and stopping them and deporting 12 million dreamers and everything. Now we have this Ukrainian um, uh, refugee crisis and the U.S. just expedited, so I don't know, something like, I forget the number, but let's say 15,000. 15,000 Ukrainians jump ahead of the line and could come straight in the country because they're fleeing a war, which is very kind. And then we have all those people that, you know, that, that flee South American war and head to our border. And then we're all, oh, you know what, they can't come here. It doesn't matter if they travel 700 miles to get there. We don't want to lock them up, put them in cages. 
And now we have dreamers here that are still trying to become citizens, a path to citizenship, but we are expediting other people to become citizens. And it cannot be missed that we're expediting European white people. And we have these dreamers trying to become citizens. We have people uh, fleeing from war and, and, and gang violence uh, in, in multiple South American countries and we're just still locking them up and blocking them from coming in the country. Voice memo. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the dreamers because, you know, for the longest time when the, the old president uh, was in place, it was all over the place. You know, do we, they were a threat of being, uh, of, of being sent back to their, their parents originating countries. Um, you know, you, you talked about fighting for it, who was going to fight for it. And now you hear nothing. And I remember you saying simply, Hey, listen, it's because we're not in any vote. We're not in any um, voting element right now. So the Republicans won't start using that as fear mongering until we get closer to primaries. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So when we get closer to the primaries, a, a great part of the American electorate, um, electorate, 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 um, vote based on the, the common fear that's thrown at them. And it goes back to um, this, it goes way back, it goes back to like the Civil War after they started voting after that. But even if you just go back to the 50s and 60s about the fear of black people getting the right to vote, and then the, and the fear of women getting the right to vote, and the fear of um, hippies voting, you know, and the fear of crack babies voting, and the fear of welfare queens voting. And it's just fear of, it's just always just based on fear to rouse up a certain part of the electorate. And electorate, and quite honestly, it's, it's, it's conservative white voters, of course, but it's also those people who say they're independent voters. And there's even a percentage of Democratic voters. And we saw those voters come out uh, and they, too many of them sided with the former guy, even though Hillary got more votes than he did. But too many of them sided with the former guy because he promoted fear, fear of the southern border being taken over, fear of riots in the streets and Antifa, Black Lives Matter and all this kind of you know, just bullshit. But you know what? Fear sells just like sex sales and people got off their butts and, and vote for the wrong thing. So you soon, as we get closer to the midterms, you're going to start hearing about dreamers and migrants and gangs and defund the police and all that normal stuff that they, the Republicans throw out to make um, their base vote um, and to also suppress the votes of everybody else. It's crazy how you think, voice memo, it's crazy how you think, how you think you we've progressed, you know, as a nation, which we really haven't. I, I think I was reading one of your posts. Um, gosh, I, I wish I could remember. It, well, it, one, of course, recently was the lynching and how it was now made illegal to do so as a federal crime. And I don't think people really understand how much we haven't progressed on so many levels. If you think about the timeline that you talk about that my parents were alive when some of this shit was still happening and it's still going on. That's very on. And actually, Boisman was good that you brought that up today because it was, it was, the, it was um, the Emmett Tail anti-lynching law um, and it has been uh, 200 attempts to try to make lynching a federal crime in America. 200 attempts. And it was always blocked in the Senate. I mean, think about that. 
And there's and the Senate is, has historically been 98% white men, right? And it's still that way. And for 200 attempts over something like 144 years or something, 200 years or whatever, we could not make that a federal crime. And, but it's, you gotta say more than that. You have to say, because white men would not vote to make lynching a federal crime. Uh, it is. Like, and that, you have to call it what it is that elected white men in the Senate would not allow lynching. Just, I mean, think about that. So the perpetrator, the people who did it, right? The, the people who did it and almost always got away with it, their descendants decided that, you know what? We don't care. It would not be a federal crime. In two, so in 2022, we yeah. it is. So today, when we're recording this, President Biden, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and all the other uh, architects of the of the legislation, they signed it into law today. Today, so so this goes back to what you always hear, um, in uh, from a political standpoint, voting matters. Like midterms matter. The only reason this could get done is because Democrats have enough uh, Democrats in the uh, in Congress and in uh, in the Senate, and we have a president and we have a vice president who who breaks any ties in the Senate. And because we have Democrats in office and, and, and we have a majority in the Senate, they could actually get this done, right? It just is taking forever. So on one hand, it's a moment to reflect and think about all the ancestors that, you know, that suffered under it, that fought to get it made into a law. And then the recent people, and finally we got it made a law. It's good to celebrate that and be happy about that and reflect on the battle that was just won. On the other hand, there's always the American side. We gotta go, God damn, it took that long? <laughs> I don't even wanna laugh because you know why? This is why voice memo, this is why voting is important, which you've already reiterated. In addition to that, this is also why they're trying to suppress the votes. Exactly right. Um, okay, so, voice memo, but so, so, they, so they have enough time to talk about Orgy and Coke parties, Ooh, but not enough time to make changes that <laughs> start to end what we all know as racism in our country. <laughs> so let's do some Coke and orgy parties and move on. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, just for our audience, I, mean, I know uh, uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn, or maybe it's Cawthorn, the way this story is going. Uh, <laughs> Uh, said that he has been disappointed, he's Republican, because some of the uh, Republican leaders he has always looked up to and admired since he's been in Washington, he has seen 60 and 70 year olds at orgies and has seen them doing doing coke. So- Voice memo, where's that party? <laughs> oh my God. So Mad Mad look, Madison Hawthorne is, uh, uh, is a Nazi loving, racist, Stole, he's a stolen valor guy. Like he lied and said he was, you know, injured in war or something like that. It, his whole thing is just a lie and he's racist. I mean, now that I think about it, it's probably not even stolen valor, but his, with his little porn and orgies, he's probably swollen valor. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a dad joke. That's an obscene dad joke. But look, look, I don't want to, I don't want to see any leaked videos of Republicans. 60 and 70 years old in orgies in DC. Like, no, thank you. 
I think voice memo, I think there might be a search for that in YouPorn possibly where you can look for that, but I don't want to throw it in my face. <laughs> and you know what? Like, look, look, I, look, I'm not going to kink shame. People can do whatever they want in their sex world, consenting adults, the whole deal. That's all fine. The issue is these people are the biggest hypocrites in the world. They, 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 they don't want you to be able to say the word gay, like say the, the three letters, the word gay. They don't want LGBTQI plus uh, taught anywhere ever. They want to outlaw outlaw gay marriages. They want to outlaw uh, pornography. They don't want to outlaw child trafficking. You know, they have the weirdest, the weirdest shit. But then behind the scenes, they're back there having orgies in the House of Representatives. Like, what? Uh, but, uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, they call him the turtle because of how he looks. But now that you think about it, they have an orgies. That turtle coming out of that little shell might mean something else. <laughs> Voice memo: How do I erase? How do I erase that image from my mind? <laughs> oh my God! So, so voice memo. Uh, let's talk about March Madness. So, the men and women's NCAA basketball March Madness is going on, and we're down to the final four for both of them. And all the excitement of the first few rounds leaves us with the big schools still in the in the finals. So I think you have Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, who, by the way, those three teams are the three most winningest, three of the top four most winningest college basketball programs in history. So a lot of upsets, but you are still end up with 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 the big teams. And then on the women's side, the final is set, and it's South Carolina and Stanford. Um, and both will be happening over the next few days. Very exciting. But I want to pivot from that to Brittany Griner, former WNBA star and NCAA champion, is still in prison in Russia. So she is a, she is a basketball player in the Russian uh, league where she has won a championship. She was arrested at, uh, in Moscow at the airport, and he said she had some weed paraphernalia or something like that. Now, let me tell you something. Whitney, Brittany Griner has lived and played in Russia in the offseason for three years, and she's won a championship. She's black. She is uh, she's uh, queer, and she is extremely tall because she's a basketball player. They know who she was and who she is. She's won a title there. So for them to all of a sudden, at the onset of that war, stop her and arrest her, and then not even have any notification of it for a little while, that's some BS. And she, she is in my own words, a prisoner of war. But you know what? Look, there's a lot going on with that. And some people say, well, why is she over there playing basketball? Let me tell you why. Because the WNBA here, the average pay is $120,000 per year. The average pay in, in the NBA is $7.5 million a year. Oh, my God. $7.5 million. 7.5, that's the average pay. But a superstar, because Brittany Griner is a superstar. A comparable pay for a superstar like her in the NBA, she's going to she's going to have a hundred million dollar contract. But because the WNBA only pays a hundred, average one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, that most of the WNBA players they have a second job. They play overseas in one of the various European leagues, so that um, as part of their profession to make the money that they you know that that they feel they deserve. So she is in Russia playing because they pay more. And you know she's a basketball player, and now they've arrested her, and now she's she is uh, what I think is a prisoner of war. And in this March Madness, and she is a famous former U.S. college basketball player uh, here. They, 
they barely even talked about it. And there's not a lot on the news, but you better believe if that was LeBron James, if that was even a low level uh, NBA player, it would be top news every single day until she was released. Now, in the defense, the State Department says they are working on some things. So that's some of the reasons, but it doesn't matter because the news doesn't listen to the State Department. They can do what they want to do. And they are choosing to just let this story go. Yeah, voice memo. Holy shit. You know, she's a, is she a two-time Olympian gold medalist? Two-time? I think so. I think at least two. I, I think she got a, a, a title at, um, I think she was at Baylor, if I, if I, if I don't, if I don't, uh, if I'm recalling correctly. And then in that Russian league, she's won. I think she won a title in WNBA as well. So voice memo, Dennis Rodman is having, it was in cahoots with the fucktard from uh, Korea. Right. Korea. And that was all over the news. But you've got a person here that they they were saying that was smuggling weed paraphernalia. That's why she's detained. Yeah, that she had some, it was either weed or uh, weed or she had a little, I don't know. I don't know much about the weed. Uh, oh, like vape? You mean maybe like vape cartridges or something? Yeah, yeah, some stuff like that. Wow, sir. A mess, huh? I mean, 120,000, you just, voice memo, you just educated me that I had no idea that WNBA players receive as a max about $120,000 a year. That is insane. A mess, yeah. She, uh, just, just so you know, she's not just some um, uh, regular... Um, low-level, um, uh, basic player. She is, I got her stats here. She was a WNBA champion in 2014, seven-time WNBA All-Star, two-time WNBA scoring champion, eight-time block leader. She was. She won the Peak Performer Award twice, three-time uh, All-First Team, three-time Second Team, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, um, defensive, three-time Defensive First Team. I mean, just... She was all all rookie team, 25th anniversary team, and she has won three national titles over in Russia. She's been a four-time EuroLeague champion. I mean, I mean her, and there's another like 50 accolades. She is the equivalent of like a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant. You know, she is she is so uh, 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 accomplished. It makes no sense that they're just holding her hostage there, and you. Look, you go to any of these sports channels, you don't you say anything about her. Look, as like I said before, she's black, she's a she's a female basketball player, she's queer, and she is just falling under the radar. And it makes absolutely no sense. But if she if she was white and blonde and held houses over there, or if she was a NBA player, a black male NBA player, even a white male NBA player, it would be top news every day. Voice memo, hands fucking down. You're absolutely right. And then- it just goes back to show how still we have so much work to do. We have so much work to do in this country. Yes. Hey, so Bushman, how is Mojito? Voice memo, you know, as it gets warmer out here in sunny Sacramento, California, that last week was 80 degrees, today is in the 70s. He has a tendency to be in with me more often. So he spent some time laying next to me during you know, when I'm in my office working, he'll come and lay in the kitchen on the cold floor. So for a little while, I was starting to get concerned because normally he doesn't like me and doesn't want to be around me. So I was like, are you trying to tell me that I'm sick or something? You know how dogs hang around 
people when they're sick and they try to give you signs. I was like, maybe he's trying to tell me something since he's not normally somebody that uh, will spend some time with me unless it's at the end of the night and it's time to go to bed. But his health is good. Um, I mean, again, you've got a dog that has four diseases and continues to to live on as if uh, nothing's wrong with him. Nice. That's for sure. I love it. Um, you know, I have a question about about dogs, and I'm not a, I'm not a, a dog owner. I like dogs. I'm not like mojito, particularly since you know we bonded and saved his life. That's a story for another day. Um, some more? So you know when you're walking dogs, and they you know they just stop and smell like one single blade of grass for ten minutes. Like what the hell? Like what are they doing? <laughs> so voice memo, interesting. I, I think, you know, it's funny. I used to think for the longest time, what the hell are you doing? Why do you have to sniff all of that? So I was doing some research and dogs sense they use their smell. I think their scent, they can, they have 50,000 more uh, senses within their nose. So when they're smelling something, it is like reading a book. So like, uh, like our version of reading a book, they know what the sex of the animal is or the do, you know dog or cat that they're smelling they know if it's sick they know they can tell anything about that specific animal based on just their scent so they learn something every time they stop to sniff so because of that i'm always allowing you know in the past i, I just want to get my walk done but now with mojito i allow him to smell i allow him to be able to take in the scents um, and use that because it helps him rest easy. It's actually active memory for him. Uh, it uses his brain and um, it allows him to leave his scent behind, which is interesting because when a dog um, kicks up their feet, you know, they're you, people always think they're covering up, you know, a smell, uh, covering up their pee or their, their shit. But ultimately their pads of their, of their paws they're kicking up to leave their scent behind. So they kick up the scent of the grass with their paws. And that is the scent that they personally leave for other dogs to smell. Uh, okay. Well, okay. That does make sense. All right. Yeah. Um, Voicemail, what are you doing? Well, first let me ask you, how was your weekend this past weekend? Voice memo, you know, <clears throat> it was okay. I have, I've been in this sort of funk a little bit because, you know, every year pre-COVID, I would even uh, a year after COVID, I took a trip. Uh, I like to get out of the United States, whether it's go to Mexico, maybe plan something with some girlfriends. But this last round of the Omicron was a little more contagious. So I refrained from any trips because one, I didn't want to get stuck in another country having to pay to stay there. Uh, I know I could work from there since I, I do work remote, but I didn't want to get stuck to have to pay some. So I did not go on a trip this year, which is the first time in probably 20 years that I have not taken a trip um, at the beginning of the year. So this weekend, I didn't do much. I hung out. I did some painting around the house. And ultimately, I just kept thinking how I'm missing something. And I think planning a trip will help me get out of that funk a little bit. What about yours? You know what I did? Thanks for asking. Voice memo. I went to New York City for the weekend. I went... Um... Friday night, took the red eye Friday night, landed, uh, got there early in the morning, and I spent the weekend with Elian Rodriguez, my uh, partner, and uh, we just piled around New York City, and on 
Sunday, when was it Sunday or Monday? It was Sunday. It snowed a little bit. So it was very nice. And um, we got to hang out, enjoy each other's company. I watched her do her podcast with with the girls or the, the women, Unapologetically She is called. And I got to see them in action. Now, look, when she does her podcast, because I got to see it, she does her makeup. She has a ring light. They have a drink of the week. I mean, it is fancy. Nothing like what we do. We're just basic, shallow, nothing. And they <laughs> with my broken with my broken camera. <laughs> you know it's somebody's garage doing ours. Like theirs is fancy. <laughs> we don't voice memo. We do not have the budget for that. <laughs> they they are some high polluting people. They have a drink of the week. They have fancy poles and. I was like, I was impressed. I was thinking, man, we got two strings and a couple of cans. We just <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to voice we we're trying to figure out what microphone we should use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they are good. And you know what? You know what, voice we didn't even say this is the world premiere of our podcast. This is it right here. This is number one. And I will say again, like we said in our intro, that if you want deep, in-depth now analysis on on politics, culture, relationships, pets. This ain't the place. We are shallow. No, we don't got time for that. <laughs> we, we do not got time for that because voice memo as our friendship, and this is why we did this podcast because we have a, a long-standing friendship of over 20 years. And there's not a day that goes by that we're not communicating with one another, whether it's with a meme, a voice memo, a text, but ultimately, to be able to share on the spot thoughts of something, gain each other's perspective, and most importantly for me to learn something, because that's that's what uh, I've learned. That's what I've gained from our friendship is this this wealth of knowledge and understanding, and a way for you to break down global issues that I cannot filter to make it easy to comprehend, and you do just that. So if I am learning something from there. And my common sense teaches you a little something along the way. I think we're going to establish a good group of people that'll listen to hopefully be able to be translated some of these worldviews to the to the very simplistic level. Yeah, I, I appreciate hearing that, and I like your hair, so I think we're we're even. <laughs> hey, look, I win. <laughs> you know what? So so um, um, that's going to wrap our first episode we will have something out every week and we'll do exactly what we just did right now voice memo things very brief um uh, conversations about plenty of topics we won't go deep we'll go shallow and we'll generally be around 45 minutes to an hour hour and a half and we'll try to keep you current on everything that's happening awesome voice memo i love you and thank you for thank you for joining us on this on this adventure that we're about to embark on for a little while yeah voice memo. maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to figure out how to do a poll or something like that like i mean, I, I don't know how to do that but yeah i don't know voice memo slow your roll slow your roll <laughs> because when you say when we're going to try to learn it that means i'm going to have to try to learn it bye, bye. <laughs>